Dispatches, a production of Blurb Inc., is an in-depth look at those living artistic lives. Each episode will feature photographs and audio interviews with narrative pioneers who have taken creativity and publishing in their own hands. From artists to authors, photographers to philosophers, Dispatches will reveal the faces and foundations of those who lead the creative way. Hello, everybody. This is Dan with Blurb, and I'm in Sydney, Australia today with Peter Kramer, who's the founder of Milk Bar. And uh, Milk Bar is a creative services agency. They've done work with pretty much every cool person in Australia, all the major, all the major players, TEDx, Opera House, Discovery, Saatchi and Saatchi, etc. Peter, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. So I have a nice, strange assortment of questions for you that we've kind of gone over. Uh, I was curious what you were doing before the creative agency became part of your life. Um, yeah, before Milk Bar, I was working for a TV channel. So I was fortunate enough to work for a small niche TV channel called SBS Television. Now, SBS has been in Australia about 30 years, and it was uh, it was set up to actually play programming from all over the world. So it was probably one of the first really niche TV channels, and it was set up in 1980 because, you know, there were lots of people coming to Australia who didn't speak English, and they thought we need to bring in an Italian service, a Greek service, a Vietnamese service. So SBS became the best of the whole world, and it was a privilege to be able to watch movies that weren't necessarily English or American and to watch documentaries that don't get mainstream release. And it, so it really, it, it set up my whole aesthetic of there's a whole big wide world out there and, and there's lots of different opinions, not just the mainstream. And I think that really influenced lots of things I've done since then. And you also have a background in writing. And, and do you consider, I mean, is it fair to call you, introduce you as a writer? Uh, I'm slightly uncomfortable with that term. <laughs> I mean, I, I write in terms of voiceover and okay. in terms of um, scripts for different people's projects. But my idea of a writer is someone who's really coming up with the original stuff. So, yeah, slightly uncomfortable with writer. Lights, lots of drinking, lots of cigarettes, <laughs> lots of, of angst. Yeah. I just saw the uh, the movie adaptation of On the Road in, in the hotel here. L- lots of that in that movie. I, I, having said that, you know, I think writing is one of the highest art forms on the planet and the deepest respect. And it is one of those things that if I could push stop on my life and pause, it, it would be something I'd jump into more because there's nothing more rewarding or gratifying than, than sitting down and writing, yeah. I wonder why, why do you think that is? Because I feel exactly the same way. I, th- I, I think writing is like starting with a blank canvas. I think there's a big difference between photography and painting because with painting, you're staring at a blank canvas. It's incredibly intimidating. And when you sit down in front of a typewriter or a keyboard with nothing on it and you are responsible for every keystroke, it's scary, but there is something. And do you think that it ties back to basic human communication? Or uh, Look, I think, it, I think it's even beyond... Writing, it's just creativity. And I think, I think all, all the creative arts give you that feeling. And it is about just producing something that has never been seen, smelt, read, heard. It, it, it's almost a reason. The only thing that makes us know that we're alive is that we can say something which we haven't heard, read. You know, there is some original dialogue going on with the planet. You know? And so what you do here at Milk Bar, you do a lot of television a lot of motion, documentaries, etc. But at the heart of that, going back to the to the written word, is is the word part of the sort of DNA or the marrow of everything that you do even before the motion? Is it the script? Is it sort of that nugget in the middle? 
If you mean by the word, if you mean story, then yes. Even when very commercial clients come to me and they want to add or a branded spot, it's always going through all the kind of rubbish or stuff they're presenting to find what the nugget or the story is, what we're trying to do, where the beginning, middle and end is. That's the, that's what drives most of the stuff, yeah. And, sorry, I'm spacing out here i will have to we'll have to cut that cut this um you've been doing this for over 10 years yep. how has the creativity or the process changed from 2003 to 2014 i'd love to say it's changed a lot. it hasn't changed a whole lot <laughs> is, is that a good thing <laughs> no <laughs> it it's been too much of me working um do, I, I do too much and I'm been trying to let go of many parts of that process be it editing be it directing I don't shoot myself I think so you've been doing this you opened Milk Bar in 2003 how has the creative life or your creative life changed since that time look at it's changed gradually of course but probably it hasn't changed enough and I think I'm you know I think I think my life is maybe like lots of change it happens there's very slow change for a few years and suddenly you just go oh, I don't want to do this anymore I want to do it differently I want to get work with different people I want to work in a different country and so Milpa you know it probably chugs along me being too overly busy to actually change things you know I just get caught up in projects and next thing you know it's Christmas again you're like whoa where'd that yeah. year go that's or about what? to happen <laughs> yeah again no <laughs> shit oh god um so Milpa has kind of been like that a little bit chasing the train but um i love to to almost create the space where you can sit down and go what's next and what's happening but there is some nice change coming we are i won a green card recently which oh nice which opens things up a little bit so we're going to try and move to new york next year oh for wow for a few months and big move yeah just to test the waters a bit so all right, are you going to continue to do try to do the same yeah, motion I th- stuff? Yeah, I think so. But you know, there's a whole there's a that's a big pond over there. Sydney's a little pond, so you know, we'll see what happens. So you've been doing this now for a long time. So let's even take the years before Milk Bar. You've probably got how many years of of, of messing around in this business? Uh, I since school I went to university to study film and TV, but. Unlike America, I think when you know everyone, who, everyone who worked in film and TV in Australia went, "Don't waste your time studying it. You, you don't just, just go." Do it. <clears throat> so I dropped out of first year university. Would later go back and do finance, but just dropped out of first year and started at a big TV network called Channel Nine when I was about nineteen. Yeah. What was your fine art focus? Uh, I went well. Fine art came out of I th- the fact I went to an all boys schools and really didn't not enough art through those years of primary school and infant years, and it was always a burning desire to to do art and there still is a, a big desire so at 30 i i um i stopped everything and spent three years indulging and it was beautiful do you remember the first piece that you directed uh i don't i yeah i don't direct drama I, yeah. even anything i mean yeah. it could be a news piece it could be a documentary it could be anything yes. and, and the reason why i'm asking is i'm i'm the next question is about 
advice for someone who's young and coming up and wanting to go into this profession? Okay, yeah. I mean, I think when most people say director, it's more the auteur kind of model of it. Sure. We're making a drama. So when I direct it, it is, you know, my style is documentary. And I think I have a bit in common here with Dan. It's like, it is really about looking at your subject and let it tell you what the truth is. And you're just pulling out the truth of the subject matter. So it's almost your, you become invisible, you know. Yep. So, yeah. That's, it's funny because I, I was telling somebody a while back that it, it actually at times feels like you are invisible when you're doing documentary work and then you have that conversation with yourself like, well, of course that's impossible, but how many times have people looked at you and said, you know, you were right next to me and I have no recollection of you being there. And I think that there's almost this thing that you learn to do with your energy, which sounds totally Santa Fe, yeah. but I think it's true. And I'm, I'm always a little bit cynical of documentaries where the filmmaker puts themselves in the story. And, I, and if you're right, you're, you're always there and you are part of the story, but it's almost you try not to be and just try and let that story happen and you chase it, watch it, observe it, record it. Yeah. And in terms of writing for these, the story, do you have any advice for young wannabe directors, cinematographers, etc., about that story? Advice for young? Oh, look, I think... You're just living in the most exciting time ever to be making stuff. It's never been so cheaper and never been so accessible. And and your audience is one click away. Um, That's true. It's you. There, there's no middlemen anymore in terms of if you have an audience of people. It's a very powerful thing. You know, you see, I was with someone who had 700,000 Instagram followers and, you know, people are, advers- commercial clients are coming like, hey, talk about us, do this. I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting time. Publishing, exactly the same. You, there's a middleman if you want there to be a middleman and you don't, like, Remo did his book and, you know, went direct with us and can use a middleman if he wants. Um, I mean, I just did, I did a, a short video for Screen Australia recently. We interviewed lots of YouTubers, if that's the term yeah, we call them. Sure. Um, there was a two guys who have this, they renovate cars in Sydney. They've now got a worldwide following. Never heard of them. But they were offered a TV program on Discovery Channel, which they turned down because um, it just didn't suit them. YouTube was where they wanted to be and they could absolutely see more money, more audience, and more control all control and that's where they wanted to be you know and that was like fuck the change has already happened really yeah yeah but you're right it's no that that broadcast model of the 21st or 20th century where people decide who's going to be famous and what they're going to wear and what they're going to say is over yeah we're now back to what we probably were originally which was a village of 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 you know of of just a conversation you know it's no longer people telling you what to think it's just you finding what you like and you finding the people that make it and then finding you and you're connecting and, and there's no such thing than little niches anymore because little niches when you you know put put that into seven billion people there you've got an audience for anything yeah I, I see it reflected when I watch network news in the U.S. and I kind of look at the networks and the insanity of the of the the rooms that they film from and the sort of stodgy delivery of the news, like they're sort of protecting it and they're going to dole it out the way they want. And I kind of think, you know, the, the, the boat already left and they're still on shore, like, you know, setting up. Completely. Yeah. When you, let's say we fast forward yep. to, to New York yep. and you're there and you've got like some swanky penthouse and like a driver. What is 
future success for you as a as a documentary guy what what would that what would future success look like for you it's funny when i think of success i don't think of work anymore <laughs> i think of well, time you, i just you, think of time having the time you know and i think you were about to touch on it i've just you know had a, a beautiful baby daughter how, how so. many days ago uh, about 11 11 days, 11 days ago. ago that's right so time for me is time with her and time to watch her grow and time to stop and time to just let thoughts come into your head you know just time to take you know that's what success is actually to step back from career and and to just enjoy life and, and not the enjoy life I want a horse ride windsurf it's about just stopping and wherever you are and just watching watching life do you think that is a common want or need or view today more so than it was say even five years ago because i i share a similar sentiment uh absolutely and i think you touched on it before when we we're talking about social media is that we just seem to fill up every second now when we're on a train we've got 10 seconds we'll check what something's you know check what this person's doing check the news check that i don't think we're sitting with ourselves enough at all anymore yeah this constant stream of information is yeah there's a price to pay yeah. So on a day-to-day basis, running this studio, what's the biggest obstacle that you face? Or a reoccurring obstacle that you think, God, I'd really love a way around that. It's probably the time thing again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, that day just went. Did I, did I do this, what I needed to do? Did I email that person? It's time. And, and, and that really comes down to, so probably my biggest weakness is, is delegating and letting go and 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 finding great collaborators or time to find the great collaborators i'm sure they're out there it's just you know so i'm going to answer the next question for you for sure thank you because it is it is the one thing that you don't have that you want more than anything else okay (laughs) (laughs) it could be anything i mean it could be a piece of equipment but time obviously would be on that list Um, is there anything else and that could be even something in terms of how people view what you do or the understanding of what documentary films, I mean, anything. And I know that's a question out of right field, but that's what I'm, I'm becoming known for. It's a great question. Yeah, it's a profound question, really. And time is the obvious one, because then time will give you anything and everything. You know, <laughs> With the right amount of time, you can really do anything, let's face it. Um, what do I want more than It's funny. 5D4? No, I wouldn't. Be, I, I don't think it would be equipment. It would. Yeah, I, it's time and time. by I would love to study again. Yeah. I would love to but you're right. It's all. Travel. It's all based on. It's, all it's based on, on time. time. So it's time. And when you think about directors who came before you, or documentary filmmakers, or DPs, or whoever, who who are the people that that you look to for inspiration? Um. Or it could be. Writers you look to for info. Yeah, no, I I did see a doco recently, which was a game changer, and I don't, and I I hope lots of people are talking about it. But it is the act of killing? Oh, sure, um, yeah, by yeah. Josh Oppenheimer. Um, that that made me rethink docos completely. He, um, I'm going with someone recently rather than the old traditional leaders because everyone talks about them. So <laughs> yeah, no, no, I like it. I like that. Um, yeah, he he completely. He just completely found a you know a new way of telling a story, and it was almost drama therapy. And it was a documentary. If you haven't seen it, see it. Yeah. And what about uh, writers? 
that inspire you? And that could be things, books that you've sort of legendary books in your life or something that you're reading right now. What I'm reading right now is Sam Harris, um, Awaken, I think it's called, Awaken. Um, Spirituality without religion. Um, I grew up in a religious family, so anyone that can start talking about actual real qualities of, of presence and mediation without talking about religion is, is great for me. I think I'm reading the same book. Are you? Okay. I, I think I am. He's written uh, several other books. He's written, a, at the end of Faith, he wrote, he's written a book called Lying. He's written a book called... Um, I think I'm reading the same book. Okay. I just started it on the plane on the way down here. Yeah, yeah. I was You fascinated. know Sam Harris. Yeah. I know who he is. I don't, yeah. I don't know him oh, personally. Okay. He's, yeah. he's actually all over the media at the moment. He's saying all the wrong things um, <laughs> about religion. Um, his particular religions you're not supposed to criticize. He just criticizes them. I, I actually admire the fact that, you know, I think in any society, any time, there's universal things that we shouldn't talk about or shouldn't. There's right or wrong, almost thinking it's the terms of fashion or something, and he doesn't give a shit about that. And he's just saying what he thinks. It's incredible. And what about websites that you... Are there any websites that you frequent? That you think might be interesting to share? No, look. To be honest, you've got all the <laughs> you've got all the good tips. <laughs> I have. I have. A, I'm, I'm building a good list of websites because you know, in some ways, I think a lot of people that I talk to are almost too busy for the yeah. web. You know? oh, look, I'm a, I'm a Googler. You know, okay. I'm just Google. So I and, and who knows where I've been this day? You know, I just end up anywhere and have a look around and come back. So yeah, <laughs> I don't frequent that many sites regularly. I don't think I do either. I go, I go to a few, we get, get news occasionally, but I, I'm sort of weaned myself yeah. off of that. But there's a few that have popped up. And, and we just had a really nice conversation about the power of audio and the beauty of audio. And there's a couple of audio sites that have popped up. Monocle was one that came to mind. Uh, there's another network called Radio Ambulante, which pr- they primarily in Spanish, but now they're doing a lot of English because they partnered with NPR. But it's, um, yeah, I think there's almost a turning away from it to, to go back to the maybe the physical make make world and not, so. not just view but um and so what's next for you besides dealing with this little creature you've got in the uh, other room now yeah sleep would be a good start <laughs> <laughs> i remember what that was like um, i think that's what like 12 13 years from now you'd be able to get some <laughs> oh, no. sleep actually i'm telling a lie i've been booted out of the bedroom so i i do actually get some sleep now which is nice we decided that someone should remain sane during the day so that was going to be my job ish um What's next? Oh God, I've got a little baby in front of me. That's that's all that's there it. is. Yeah. All and right. I, that's fair. And we're talking before. Yeah. I think I sometimes read communications that come in about urgent things, and then they don't seem that urgent anymore. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time to do thank this. Thank you. It's been fun. It, it's yeah. been fun, and uh, hopefully, we'll do this again someday. Awesome. New York. Yes. <laughs>